What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast Tuesday edition. I am Sterling Holmes. No Matt Connor as Matt Connor is heading off to Scandinavia. Uh, he does have that Viking vibe, so it really does fit him. So instead of Matt Connor, we're joined by Daniel Harms. Daniel Harms, you can follow him on Twitter at InHarmsWay19. You can check out all of his great work at RGR Football. Daniel, how you doing? Oh, man. I was running around before we got to this. Like, I think I jumped on right one minute before we started to go live. So um, I'm doing all right. You know, a little frazzled. You're probably going to hear a little bit of Shark Tale in the background because my daughter is uh, eating some dinner and watching a movie while I do this. So but otherwise, I'm fantastic. Is that the movie with Will Smith? It is the movie with Will Smith. Oh, hell yeah. You're, you're, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great movie. Great, It's a great tale, if you will. Um, but I want to shout out to Caesars Sportsbook. If you guys want to do us a huge solid, if you like this podcast, you want to support this podcast, if you want to keep having great guests like Daniel Harms on this podcast, go to Caesars Sportsbook. Use code ARROWFULL. That is A-R-R-O-W-F-U-L-L. And get your first bet on Caesars up to 1250 bucks on any sport. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Again, that is code ARROWFULL at Caesars Sportsbook. But let's get into it. Some big news I want to talk about. You may have heard it already. DeAndre Hopkins. I know a lot of listeners are probably saying, DeAndre Hopkins, haven't we heard all the storylines from it? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but frankly, that's the only news that's really out there. We have that, we have OTAs, we have Edge, and we have uh, some other stuff that Daniel and I will get to. But I want to start with DeAndre Hopkins, released officially, officially from the Arizona Cardinals. I guess first, let's start there. What was your initial take on Hopkins being released? I figured at least that was going to happen after the draft. I was like, there's no way he's going to be on the books for them. I just, it doesn't make any sense in terms of playing for them. They want to completely kind of reset everything. There's going to be a brand new regime, you know, this year head coach, and they want to kind of get a feel for the young players on the roster. And it makes sense to get DeAndre out of the, the way so that they can do that. And also because at the very least, I think he still wants a chance to win a Super Bowl. And that's not going to happen in Arizona for uh, quite a long time, I would think. So it made sense to me after, like I said, no one traded for him. But the circumstances of of his release were a little bit interesting in terms of, you know, he, after the draft, said, I don't want to be anywhere else. Obviously, after all of the uh, podcast stints where he's at all the other places that he did want to be, in fact. Um, So when you have all of that in the air, it made more sense than not that he just wasn't going to play for the, the Arizona Cardinals this year. Now, whether that's going to be a whole revamp in Arizona in terms of like Kyler Murray not being there next year, um, that's something else that an entire discussion entirely. But yeah, like, like, I said, like I said, I wasn't too surprised that he was released, just more of the abouts when hearing that both the Bills and the Chiefs were close to trading for him. 
but that didn't end up getting ironed out. Yeah, and I've been seeing some reports. Uh, obviously, the contract was the big holdup. Uh, the yeah. Chiefs supposedly were more interested. They wanted to offer him a Donovan Smith-esque contract is what I saw on Twitter. That's surprising because I'm pretty sure DeAndre Hopkins would have ripped that up and said, kick rocks, pal. Uh, I think Odell Beckham Jr.'s contract has really been the the sticking point, if you will. You know how Deshaun Watts and that contract is the contract that all of these quarterbacks outside of Mahomes have really looked towards, mm-hmm. right? Look at all that guaranteed money. Well, Odell Beckham Jr. is a guy who has been very good at times, but he's been perpetually injured over the past few, uh, few years coming off of a major major injury a lot of concerns especially with his age so you're looking at deandre hopkins there's no reason why he should take less than odell odell beckham jr you're right he's been more productive he's been better he's been more consistent uh frankly probably been healthier i mean the six games he missed was because of suspension i, I don't know why he would take less but i also don't know what his market even looks like so i think that the donovan smith contract talks were more about the up to number, not necessarily the small amount that Donovan Smith was at, you know, was guaranteed on signing things like that. I think it was more about incentive based, which even for a DeAndre Hopkins would probably be more about six, seven first. And then all of those buildups into maybe 10, 15, however much it ends up being. But regardless, after, like you said, after the Odell Beckham Jr. contract, that kind of tabled most of those upfront smaller number talks like and and i would imagine that even if deandre hopkins wants to win a super bowl he's not going to want to do it for a team that only incentivizes most of his contract he's going to want a little bit more up front and for a guy who's again trying to not only get that last contract he probably wants a little bit of stability as well not just a one-year type of contract but maybe two to three years that's a a commitment for an over 30 year old receiver that teams like maybe the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs don't necessarily want to commit with, especially for the Chiefs, the last two years, they are drafting two receivers on on day two early in the second round. You bring in Kadarius Toney, who, yes, he's been often injured the last couple of years, but he's still young. And you have a plethora of young receivers in Kansas City. So you might not want to commit yourself to a receiver who, again, is going to want, maybe want two to three years there and kind of stunt some of the growth you're seeing. But at the same time, you can argue that Rasheed Rice's best skill set is a lot of what DeAndre Hopkins does well. So you you have to kind of find this happy medium of, well, you want a little bit of stability. We want our young players to grow. We got to find a place in the middle. This is obviously strictly talking about if you were to sign with the Chiefs, how we're going to make that work. You know, you come to Kansas City, you have a great chance of winning a Super Bowl. I mean, they just won one. I mean, without the receiving core, without without DeAndre Hopkins. So Hell, MBS, MBS was the best wide receiver for a game when Juju went yeah. out. <laughs> and everybody got hurt in that game. Kadarius Tony got hurt. Juju got hurt. It was you, you, we saw Sky Moore being uh, played the most snaps of his entire career in the AFC Championship game. I mean, this was this was completely different. Um, so yeah, they they were able to to beat the the Bengals in the AFC Championship game without anybody outside of MBS. And I'll, honestly, I want to see the Chiefs use MBS more like that. He was great in that game, and they used him a little bit differently I mean, out of necessity, but you still had to. So I, I, I like that MVS a little bit more than everywhere else that he was used this year, or last year, excuse me. But yeah, so DeAndre is a an interesting topic of discussion. There's a couple other places, Detroit, uh, Baltimore, I think New England, that are probably going to be out there the jets as well because you know why not (laughs) you have maybe two years with aaron Rodgers. go all in who cares about this at this point just figure it out so there's going to be other teams out there maybe throwing a little bit more money at it than the chiefs will be able to offer do you want a smart lock a 2k cam and doorbell all in one now you can with eufy the eufy video smart lock e330 Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, Yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be S-O-L if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. 
I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Very quickly, before I go back to DeAndre Hopkins, I'm seeing some folks in the chat talking about how they would like to see the Chiefs start throttling teams, start blowing teams out. And I just want to say how far we've come from let's hope we make the playoffs to let's win a playoff game to let's win a Super Bowl (laughs) to let's just go 20-0 and dominate and just completely start to finish. Don't give teams a chance. It is crazy how far we've come just looking at this iteration of of the Chiefs era, but I do want to go back to DeAndre Hopkins. If it's a one-year deal, and you mentioned, right, uh, Rasheed Rice, the skill set, all of that, yeah. I think I think Rasheed Rice could be a great jump ball winner, if you will, downfield threat. He is a 41-and-a-half-inch vertical being six yeah. foot one. That's very much tantalizing. But the issue I have, I wouldn't even say an issue. Rookie wide receivers in a Chiefs system don't thrive. They don't get the opportunity. Even with Sky Moore, I think – uh, you maybe wanted to see him more. I mean, he was impactful in limited action on the field. You look at the PFF numbers, they were better than George Pickens, but he didn't have the opportunity of George Pickens. Well, this year he probably will. Yeah. So he's probably not going to see the field a ton this year anyway, unless it's by necessity. So a one-year deal for DeAndre Hopkins, I'm all in. The reason being, the only way you get DeAndre Hopkins here in a one-year deal Chris Jones extension. We're going to touch on that a little bit later on in this show, but I'm all in if that means Chris Jones is getting extended. You're bringing in DeAndre Hopkins. The only way that happens, though, is if Clark Hunt is willing to pay a lot of money out of pocket. That's a cash yeah, issue, not a cap yeah. issue. Exactly. Cash cash, issue. Yeah. Do you think Clark Hunt's going to be willing to do that? He's already done that a decent amount. He's not the, I'm not saying he's poor by any means, but yeah. he's not the richest owner in football, right? He's not a Walton. Okay, he's not the richest owner in football, and he's been pretty generous when it comes to giving these upfront contracts and turning them into bonuses and having to pay out of pocket. Do you think he's willing to do that again for DeAndre Hopkins? I don't think so, and the mo- the biggest reason I don't is because of what happened last year. They won a Super Bowl without a number one, quote-unquote, number one wide receiver. And uh, that was, in my opinion, the reasoning for last year. They wanted to see what they could do with putting together a wide receiver group that all have different skill sets that all do different things well. And I think that that is what they're more looking towards right now, especially with the way they dis- distribute the football. Travis Kelsey is obviously the one, but they were distributing the football everywhere. And, and that's why Sky Moore had you know 267 yards last year total, it, because they had a plethora of players that fit what they wanted to do. Obviously, you still had McCall Hardman at, at that point as well playing for different stretches while hurt Justin Watson playing starting snaps for a, a good chunk of the season. But again, all of these guys are doing different things well, and they're kind of accelerating 
the offensive growth and Patrick Mahomes' growth to become not just a big play threat, but someone who distributes the football everywhere. I would love to see Chris Jones get an extension. I would love to see them make some cap, some cash room to bring in a DeAndre Hopkins because while the, for one year, his veteran leadership in that in that room as a guy who does have the best hands in the NFL. That's not a not a joke or anything. He still does. Not, He's not hyperbole. <laughs> Absolutely not. It would be a lot of fun to see that different skill set because the one the receiver that everyone had we that you know Patrick Mahomes had was Harry Kill, a completely different opposite skill set. I'm gonna get open. I'm gonna burn people down the field, and I'm just gonna run away from everybody. DeAndre Hopkins is like. Ah, I don't have the wheels anymore. I don't really create a ton of separation. But one thing I will do is I will catch a football no matter where it is. I don't care if my hand gets on it. If you're on me, I don't really care. It's a completely different skill set. So I'd like to see the Chiefs lean into that a little bit more because that would, again, use Patrick Mahomes' ability to throw the football at all parts of the of the field into some contested situations. Maybe he gets a little more comfortable with that because, really, if they're not going to let you throw the ball down the field and take the top off a ton – you're going to find more condensed space to work with underneath, especially on the outside. And I think we saw that with Juju Schuster last year where he was like, okay, I have one-on-one on the outside and I can get the ball out quickly if I throw it back shoulder to a receiver that I trust to do that with and catch that with. Um, Rasheed Rice might develop into that, but I think you can argue DeAndre Hopkins would easily come in and be able to do that three or four times a game. Uh, so yes, I think that I would I would like to see it happen. I don't think that Clark Hunt's going to do it mostly because of what the offense did last year. And now you're just adding more youth. You're adding more talent. Again, I believe that this is the most talented group front to back at wide receiver that the Chiefs have ever, ever had under Patrick Mahomes. That's my opinion. Bold take. It's bold take. I think we have a lot of wait and see. Uh, I think you're maybe more a little, you might be more optimistic than I am. I don't think it's a necessarily bad group. I think there's a lot of wide receiver threes uh, in this group. I think Sky Moore, I'm very, very much uh, yeah. excited about, but I don't see wide receiver one necessarily from Sky Moore. But again, I don't think the Chiefs need a wide receiver one necessarily. We saw what they did. Juju Smith Schuster had a very good year last year, very solid. No one's confusing Juju Smith Schuster for a wide receiver one. He's a wide receiver two. That is what he's been. That's what he's Correct. been the majority of his career. Even his best year, he was wide receiver two behind Antonio Brown. I guess where I'm at here is if it's a one year deal, it's not my money. That means yeah. Chris Jones gets extended, and that's all coming out of Clark Hunt's upfront money. I'm fine. But when you get into a two year deal, a three year deal, I am completely out on DeAndre Hopkins because what it comes down to is that is taking money away from yeah. extensions to Creed Humphrey. Uh, Trey Smith, Nick Bolton, Legereus Sneed. And, and, and I, if I had my druthers, I'm taking any of those guys over a wide receiver. Mahomes makes every wide receiver better. Yeah. He's not playing defense. He's not making the defense better, right? Chris Jones makes some guys in the defense better, but not to the same extent that Mahomes does. Yeah. Mahomes can't affect that. So where I'm at, make the other spots better. Focus on what Mahomes makes better. You don't have to put as much emphasis there. Two-year, three-year deal, I'm out. I will also say this. A.J. Green was age 31 when he fell off. Julio Jones, age 31 when he fell off. DeAndre Hopkins is about to be 31. Now, I get it. I get it. It could be the outlier. Could be the outlier. But you saw this with Julio Jones and A.J. Green. They started to miss games. One reason or the other. DeAndre Hopkins is now missing games, playing 19 games in the the past two years. Some's injury, some suspension. Still makes me a little bit worried because if you look at the stat lines, especially of like Julio Jones, while he was missing games, the games he was active, he still looked pretty darn good. He still put up those numbers, but it never translated again to a full, healthy, dominant season. That makes me concerned. Yeah, I I guess I understand that, but you're not really asking DeAndre Hopkins to be a dominant player, in my opinion. Um, at least that's how I view it coming here. Because again, he is on the end part of his career and he is over 30 now. And the thing that he does well is not putting a ton of stress on his body. Like, it, it just doesn't. He catches, I mean, yes, through contact, but it's more of oh, guys around him. Like it, it doesn't bother him at all. He doesn't really care. I don't think he's he's over really dunking on guys as much as he used to. That athletic part of his, his, his game definitely has taken a, a hit. But I think you're asking him to come in and just kind of be kind of what like Travis Kelsey is to an extent. Take a little bit of defensive gravity. 
as much as you're going to get paid here, yes, you're going to still have some good games, but you're going to open up the field for Sky Moore. You're going to open up the field for MVS and Kadarius Tony, and maybe even vice versa. Maybe Kadarius Tony, if he plays healthy, can open up the field. Because I think that if DeAndre Hopkins comes to Kansas City, he's a slot receiver. He's not playing the X. He's not playing the Z. You have your Z and Kadarius Tony. You have your X and MVS who's going to stretch the field. DeAndre Hopkins can use the slot position to just destroy defenses underneath. Just you be- in this power slot. I've never seen anyone more on the power slot than Harms. It's because that's what day and age it is. Like these, and plus, he, as a 31-year-old receiver, do you really want him playing the X right now and being up against physical, uh, more physical corners? No, I want him to be having free releases so he doesn't have to worry about that. But a big slot in this offense would just be a lot more fun. I'll be very honest with you. I think it'd be a lot of fun <laughs> uh, to just bully teams underneath linebackers you can't really do much against DeAndre Hopkins as a linebacker or as a safety I'd love to see that matchup I really or slot corner imagine DeAndre Hopkins going up against a tiny slot corner like that just doesn't work out for them as much so I guess I just I think that that fit in this offense specifically is something that I really I really look forward to hoping and imagining in my head we're also talking about putting a spoiler on a on a Porsche <laughs> we're, we're talking about putting brand new rims <laughs> on a Ferrari I mean because seriously right now where the Chiefs sit they're the favorites to run yeah. it back and win the Super Bowl absolutely again. I mean that's not a hyperbole they are the favorites to win the Super Bowl again adding DeAndre Hopkins moves the needle a bit but guess what they're still going to be the favorites if they don't yep. land DeAndre Hopkins guess what they're still going to be the favorites that's where the Chiefs currently sit I don't think it's a necessity. I think you and I are on the same page here. One-year deal, sure, we're all in. Absolutely. Two, three-year deal, I think that's where we have to put the draw the line in the sand and say we are out. It is not worth it. My final thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins before I get your final thoughts, I don't see him taking a quote-unquote team-friendly deal. He's <laughs> yeah. not been about that in his life. He's not been about that in his NFL career. Why would he do that now? Has he made over $100 million in his NFL career? You bet your ass he has. But guess what he said? I still want to get paid, baby. And guess what? He's going to. Some team, again, maybe not 23 mil per year that was his current contract, but some team will give him around an OBJ money. He will be 31. There's no such thing as a prove-it deal for a guy who was averaging 80-plus yards per game last year when he was playing. I don't see him doing it because this might be his last chance for a multi-year contract. He's taking the That's money. That's what it is. That's what it is. He's he's. I think he's going to put being – getting paid above winning a Super Bowl. We've kind of heard some some rumors about that possibly being the case. And I, honestly, I'm all for players getting paid. Dude, get what you got to get. I don't care what you got to do. If you don't want to win a Super Bowl that bad, that's on you. That's on you, okay? Like, th- that's your decision. You don't, wanna, you don't want to, that's fine. But I think a team like the Detroit Lions, which obviously have Super Bowl aspirations, so cap space to do it would make a lot of sense too. But they're realistically going to the NFC makes a lot of sense for DeAndre Hopkins. Makes a lot of sense because the Eagles, okay? The Eagles, that's it. That's the team you got to beat. You got to find them one team in the NFC that may be able to knock them off in a playoff game. That's that's pretty much what you're looking at. So you don't have to go through all the different teams in the AFC if that's what if that's what he's going after. If he wants to try to get paid as well as possibly get to the Super Bowl in the NFC, it makes more sense. But I think that uh, everything stands as it is. DeAndre Hopkins will be on a team that is not the Kansas City Chiefs in I would say maybe a week or two. But uh, at the end of the day, the Chiefs will be. Just fine, because like you said earlier, Patrick Mahomes elevates the wide receivers. That's one thing we weren't 100% sure. Like, we were like 95% sure he could do it. And last year, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take my game to another level and then win a Super Bowl on a bum ankle just throwing the ball to everybody. It doesn't matter. Oh, oh you want Marcus Kemp in a <laughs> in a clutch situation, crunch time. Who, who's it going to? Marcus bleeping Kemp. He gets it done, maybe. And by the way, give Marcus Kemp a lot of credit in the world. I mean, they stay ready. They stay ready. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Chris Jones. We all want Chris Jones here. 
Chris Jones has said he wants to play yeah. here. We hear that from a lot of players, but from Chris Jones, I, I I believe it, right? I think a lot of yeah. players are always like, hey, I want to play in one team forever. I want to stay here. I want to be here. Chris Jones does seem like he wants to be here. He's walking that fine line of, of legacy where he could be a Hall of Famer and do it all in one team, which I think is very, very important. Yeah. I think when you look back in the pantheon of players, a lot of times you look at the guys who played for one team. Chris Jones has an opportunity to do that but he also understands he wants to be i in his words the second highest paid defensive lineman right so aaron donald's at 31.666 repeating of course so he's not getting there no one's been close to aaron donald money yeah jeffrey simmons is currently the second highest paid interior defensive lineman at 23.5 okay now the holdup at least in my eyes is quinnon williams what does quinnon williams get and to you daniel is that what the holdup is? Are they waiting for the Quinnen Williams deal to get done? I don't think so personally because, I mean, I like Quinnen Williams. I think he's fantastic. Do you think he's going to break 26? Do you think he's going to break 26? Because I don't. I think he gets 25. I think he at and least, at least gets 25. Yeah. That's fine. I think Chris Jones is getting 27, 28 regardless. So I personally don't think that they are, are waiting for that. Uh, the number for me, like I said, it's it's about $27, $28, $28 million a year for Chris Jones. If you want to be the second highest paid defensive tackle, that's probably going to happen no matter what because I don't think Quinton Williams is touching it. And you can really just not have to worry about that personally. I don't know what the holdup is, but there's something going on with, with what they're, they're, they're doing right now. But the Chiefs typically like to wait a little bit for these bigger ones, at least – in recent memory to a little bit before training camp or during training camp. Well, Chris Jones signed last time in July, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, that was the last yeah, time Chris right Jones that. got that contract signed was July. So again, yeah. this is not abnormal. No. I, I'm not saying it's abnormal. No, no, no. I, I, I'm just wondering if they are waiting, not the Chiefs necessarily, but Chris Jones. I'm wondering okay. if Chris Jones in his camp, his agent is waiting to see what he gets and say, hey, so let's just say for a hypothetical. Quinn gets 26, right? Let's just say he gets 26 AAV. Chris Jones yeah. is probably saying, give me 27. Yeah. Like, a, like uh, it, whether it's a million more, half a million more, a dollar more. I do think there's something to Chris Jones wanting to have that cachet, right? That cachet of, hey, I'm the second highest paid interior defense alum in the NFL. I think there's something to that. Yeah, him, I, I could see him waiting on, on that part. Um, the Chiefs, I don't think are, but I, I can I can absolutely see Chris doing that and just trying to be like, just give me one million more than him. That's all I want. Um, and that might also be his way of being a team friendly deal because if the Chiefs came up and said, hey, we'll give you twenty nine right now. Obviously, I, I guess I don't think Quentin Williams is going to break twenty six. I really don't, and yeah. that's three million more. So this could also be a, a his his own way of kind of being a little uh, team friendly to an extent where you they might just be wanting to give him like right underneath that threshold for Aaron Donald. And he's just like, let's just wait and see because I I could make a little bit less, and you guys can have a little bit more to throw around. If we're talking legacy here, multiple yeah. already a multiple Super Bowl uh, winning defensive tackle. He's just won his first all pro uh first team all pro defensive tackle i believe if he didn't uh, if i'm not mistaken was that right about that <laughs> i think he did because i don't think aaron donald got it so it had to have been chris jones yeah. and then do you think he's probably gonna win another one maybe two in his stint in kansas city yeah I, i'm i think that he definitely could be waiting a little bit so i agree with you on that on that front for sure uh shout out to doug in kansas for the super chat uh says great show arrowhead addict and great guest see look at you harms you're already it, making friends in the Arrowhead Addict community. Going back to Chris Jones, what do you think a three-year deal, four-year deal, what do you think the the years on that contract is going to be? I think four. Uh, I think four is where you're looking at because five might be that point where, okay, maybe he's declining. Okay, maybe he's declining. And the Chiefs might, might have a little bit more reservation for what he might be doing around there in the, in the money-making department. I do think four years is probably where it lands. I wouldn't be shocked to see them go five. But again, we're talking about he's 20, 28, 29 years old. So we are approaching that 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 not necessarily edge or cliff for, for uh, Chris Jones. I think these these different players are can, – can, the cliffs can differ. Like I think Aaron Donald next year is going to be fantastic again. And I don't have any reservations about that. He's not probably not going to get injured, but the injuries might start to come. 
for Chris Jones. Um, we he's been very lucky. Don't um, you dare even put that into existence. I'm not gonna go I, you knock on your ass because you would I, I knock you on would destroy I do me in a fight, but I would <laughs> I would at least try and go for your shins or something. No, don't bring that into into the world. It's unfortunate, but it is part of the conversation. And four years from now, what he's gonna be twenty or thirty-three. But 33 years old. So, yeah, I, I think that that makes a whole lot a whole lot of sense for them to go for and say, look, we'll revisit this maybe halfway through, depending on how you're playing. Um, that that seems to be the most makes the most sense to me. But they'll have to be some some guarantees built in for Chris Jones to help uh, to help him feel more compensated for his uh, his time. Uh, last thing on Chris Jones, any chance that his pushing for Frank Clark actually makes a difference? Uh, yes. I'm assuming the Chiefs would come back to him and say, Hey, pal, if you want Frank Clark that badly, that money is coming out of your paycheck. Let me ask you, any chance Frank Clark is back here in Kansas City? Obviously, there's going to always be a chance, right? He's still in the NFL. I don't care that the Chiefs put out a tweet saying, thank you for all you've done, Frank Clark. We saw that happen with, what, Darius Slay. We've seen multiple times around the NFL uh, or team say goodbye to said player. Next thing you know, they're back in said uniform. Is this pushing for Frank? Does Does this mean anything to you? I love it. Uh, I, I also think that it it means that Chris has been talking to the organization. Otherwise, you know, I, I think that they all wanted to find a way to make it work. And with his current contract, the way that it was, they just they didn't have enough and, and couldn't find a middle ground. But now that he's a free agent, things are a little bit different. I do think that because of how the money they still owe him, it makes it a little bit complicated uh, to bring him back. But I do think that one, Chris Jones saying that they, he wants you back is enough to at least visit the conversation to have it. And I do think that there's a pretty decent chance as of right now that he is back. One of the veteran defensive ends that's hanging out there right now is going to be in Kansas city before camp. I just don't know if it's going to be him, uh, Carlos Dunlap or possibly somebody else like a Yannick, a Yannick Ngakwe, maybe. Somebody could be, uh, I do believe a defensive end is going to be joining the Kansas City before training camp. So I think Yannick Ngakwe is the absolute dream scenario for the Chiefs. Yeah. But I think it's going to cost too much money. I'm shocked he's not he signed might. yet. Yeah. He's, he's 28 years old. The fewest amount of sacks he's ever had in a season is eight. He is just perpetually consistent, right? I expect Ngakwe, although I will say he's been on, what, four teams already in his young yeah. NFL career. There has to be reason, a reason behind that. But I'm still going to assume he's going to be a little bit out of the Chiefs' price range. Going through the 2023 NFL free agent draft trackers, here are the list of edge players still out there. Leonard Floyd, Frank Clark, Robert Quinn, Ngakwe, Jadavion Clowney, uh, Melvin Ingram, uh, Justin Houston, uh, Carlos Dunlap. Uh, Anthony Barr, Jason Pierre-Paul. I mean, there's not a great list of guys. There's still a decent amount of dudes out there. Same time, how bad do the Chiefs actually need a veteran edge rusher? You know, Frank Clark is not brought back. Carlos Dunlap is not brought back. But the Chiefs did bring in Charles Aminahu. They did bring in uh, FAU in the first round. The only issue is, uh, is Charles going get ex- going to get suspended? If so, how many games? If so, is it at the beginning of the season? Now with FAU, right? Kind of the same boat. Uh, rookies typically take about halfway through the year before they really start making an impact at yeah. edge. We saw it last year with Aiden Hutchinson, Carl Loftus, Kayvon Thibodeau. So I'm not worried about the long-term edge, you know, playoff time of this group. But I am a little nervous, like through the first six weeks, they, they seem yeah. like there's a lot of concern there. Where's your concern level here? Do they need another veteran edge? Yeah, I think that they do. Personally, uh, one that can really help FAU d- develop as a run defender. That's the one area of his game that he really does need a lot of help with. And obviously, pass rush in the NFL will take some time to learn his different counters. But his bag is is really full of pass rush moves. And he's got one of the best plans and maybe not necessarily plans, but tool bags, if you will, of pass rush moves that came out of the draft, in my opinion. But he's not a very good run defender. And if you look at Charles Menhu, he's not the best run defender. Karloftis, who was supposed to come out and kind of be a better run defender, had his ups and downs. He wasn't a consistently good run defender. He had some problems moving with zone runs and moving laterally and getting pushed that way instead of vertically. Very good in in the dirt and getting not pushed backwards, more pushed horizontally where it was his problem. And then Mike Dana, who's on a in a contract year, who I believe, you know, we all know the, the late great Therese Paler, the contract year is undefeated, but how much is a 
backup defensive end going to contribute in a run defense standpoint? I like Mike Dana, but is he going to help develop FAU in that regard? I do think a veteran pass rusher like a Frank Clark, who his best attribute over the past couple of years was his run defense and then being able to turn it on in the postseason. Uh, just kind of what it was. And I do believe legacy in that department as well will play into this because he's not too far away from leading the NFL in postseason sacks. I play for Kansas City and you're going to have yourself another couple opportunities to continue to set that record. I'm so shocked why they could not come to a agreement here because it had to be Frank Clark foremost because the Chiefs would have made sense to try and restructure that contract, right? It made more sense to restructure. Frank Clark's 29. Yeah. I get where he's coming from. He probably thinks he can get one last multi-year deal again. He's 29. We like to think he's 33 based on what he's done here, right? It seems <laughs> like he's he seems like he's ancient. But he's 29, right? But in yeah. my opinion, he is now that Carlos Dunlap, Melvin Ingram. But again, yeah, I will I always understand the player saying, I still think I'm a starter. I still think I have enough left in the tank to deserve yeah. a multi-year deal. I'm only 29. I'm not the same age as, as, as Dunlap or Melvin Ingram. I get where Frank Clark is coming from, at least where I'm assuming he's coming from, okay? But we'll wait and see. Whatever his market yeah. shows is what it shows. If it's, if it's only a one-year deal, if there are only one-year options and they're not drastically different as far as playing time, like if he's not going to be a starter on a team compared to just a rotational piece here, I bet he says, you know what? I'm coming back. There is that legacy involved. There's no reason for him to start over for, start over in Detroit. There's no reason for him to start over on, on the Bears, right? Like it makes sense if it's a relatively similar contract and similar – I guess, similar amount of snap share for him to come back here. And that's the thing. You can always put those incentives in. So percentage of the snaps. If you start playing more, you get more money. Like that's something that he's going to be considering at this point. Like you said, there is not a team out there that is going to be handing, in my opinion, Frank Clark, a starting level contract. Hey, you're going to be our defensive end too. It's it's the end of it's in the end of May now, going into June. Most of these teams have their starting defensive ends done. And Frank is now at the point, like you said, where he's trying to figure out his own body functions. Like, he's missed games because of his body, and they wouldn't let him play. He, last year, he played better as a pass rusher when he was down to, what, like, 255. That might be just where he's going to have to play from now on, and that's a rotational uh, pass rusher kind of guy who can give you some some defensive run-stopping snap, uh, run snaps, but at the end of the day, he's probably going to be more of a postseason uh, stretch-run kind of player that I think fits – very well in Kansas City, funny enough. Uh, going to the running back room, Isaiah Pacheco, I'm excited by him. I'm very excited by him. And this is not to say I'm, I'm not thrilled, but I don't see him ever being a three-down back. I don't see him yeah. as a bell cow, if you will. And it's nothing necessarily against him. His PFF numbers as far as pass protection were miserable last year miserable. not saying not, not, not saying he doesn't try or doesn't want to no he, he, he puts the effort in it just wasn't good now he was a rookie that is one of the toughest things for a running back to transition to from college to the nfl i get all that but in today's nfl why have one guy do everything when you could have Jerick McKinnon and Pacheco. You could have, you know, Prince and Pacheco. Have one guy excel in one spot, one guy excel in the other thing. There's no reason to have a quote-unquote Christian McCaffrey bell cow back for the Kansas City Chiefs. End of the day, you're not saving any roster spots. You still have two running backs behind Isaiah McCaffrey or uh, Christian McCaffrey. You're still going to have two running backs behind Isaiah Pacheco, right? You're not saving any roster yeah. spots here. It doesn't matter how you get to those numbers. If it's one dude or three dudes, just get there. I'm saying let Pacheco focus on first and second down and let whoever wants to be the third down back focus there. What do you see for Pacheco? Does he ever become a bell cow back? Or do you think he kind of is what he is, which is a very valuable first and second down dude? Yeah, this is exactly what the, the talk was coming out uh, for Pacheco. He's got his limitations, and there's a reason here. He was a senior coming out of, of Rutgers, having some issues behind the offensive line there. And the vision still is spotty at times, but in this offense where there's space to run, it's perfect for him. Let him run in the space. Like, they just get him into get him into the right area, give him like two or three yards of a gap, and then just say, hey, go run somebody over. Like, that's what you do best. You don't have to worry about pass protection. And, yeah, he flashed – pretty decently in the screen game and some of the open areas in the passing game. But at the end of the day, I want somebody else taking those snaps personally. I don't think that he's a ton 
He's not going to offer you a ton. And there's a reason that Jarek McKinnon was playing a ton of snaps down the stretch when the offensive line had some protection issues and some injury. Orlando Brown Jr. Yeah. So uh, there's a reason that, you know, he's, he's also back on the roster, Jarek McKinnon, because his pass protection, regardless of his PFF grade, by the way, uh, doesn't make any sense. His pass protection is fantastic. And he, his technique standpoint and not just a willingness, but the physicality for an undersized quote-unquote running back is really really good and i think that everyone obviously wants Daneric prince to to be a thing on this roster um i don't think he makes it this year he's pretty much a isaiah pacheco one for one in my opinion almost the exact same player so it makes a lot of sense to have him on the practice squad if something happens you can say hey guess what we have a guy who does a lot of the exact same things as isaiah pacheco and we can just kind of rotate him in there on off the practice squad if need be and you know clyde's not going to be in kansas city next year but as the third running back, second running back, however it shakes out for the team, I still think they might want to save McKinnon as much as they possibly can. The wear and the injuries, I mean, for really both of those guys, they're just going to have to probably trade off uh, snaps here and there to try to figure that out. But I, I do think that, one, it's a, also a contract year for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So if he can be half as efficient, not even half, but as efficient as he was last year before he got hurt, then I'm pretty excited about the possibility of what the running back room looks like. You look at their wide receivers, tight ends, and their running backs, all three rooms are productive, and they, they, they're all going to do a lot. Like, the tight ends are going to rotate in and out. They're going to play a lot. Tight ends, or the wide receivers, they're all going to play a lot. Everybody is just all up in here. My the dog is, trying to... is getting <laughs> getting into it. Dogs, yeah. my angry. dog is all over the place. It, it's a party a, in the harm. Having a fun home. time, but yeah, they they like to use all of them a lot of different ways. So everyone's going to contribute. Uh, I want to talk about what do you look for in OTH? The OTH starting yeah. right. I, I think it was huge that Mahomes was there. I know the talk of Lamar Jackson missing a day or two after signing that big contract. I, I get it in the grand scheme of things, probably not a huge deal. But just the perception behind it, the perception of Mahomes after all these quarterbacks have signed these massive contracts. I get it. He signed his deal last year was the first year of his contract being actually put into use. Still, it's awesome seeing Mahomes, the leader, showing up on voluntary OTAs. That's massive. That, that, that looks incredible for the young guys. What do you take away from OTAs? What do you look for? I understand these dudes aren't in pads. I understand it's best shape of your life season. I get all that. But do you look for anything specifically? Leadership on both sides of the football. I think that what one thing that you can take away, because there's no hitting, there's no pads. You're trying to get everyone lined up and in the good positions they're supposed to be in because that's those repetitions count towards this, towards training camp and into regular season, real play, preseason, all that stuff. That all contributes. The one thing you can carry in all the way through is communication and leadership. Those are the two big things I look for. So a guy like Justin Reed coming into his second season as the quote-unquote leader in the in the in the, the secondary and the defensive room, like someone who's going to be more outspoken. We know Nick Bolton's not really an outspoken guy. Chris Jones, not necessarily a more outspoken guy. Brian Cook and Justin Reed are going to be those guys on defense, in my opinion, getting everyone lined up in the right spots in the back half with still – second year corners and new a new corner Nick Jones and another young defensive back in Chamari Connor. This is a group that needs and really kind of depends on communication with how many different players they rotate in and out playing in dime a lot. You're all going to be playing at some point. So this is a really good time to get communications down for that defense and being able to use, you know, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay and, you know, the new new guy, Drew Tranquil, who's getting green dot snaps, by the way, which I think is going to be very important for the Chiefs in the defense this year. So I just I really I really think that leadership establishing establishing yourself in those huddles and communication are the big the big things. And every every snippet we get of trying to to see some of the on play of field on field play can determine how you're you're seeing in them in position. And that's really the only, the really big thing that I'm looking for every time that these, these times the season come around. Uh, I see in the chat, someone saying Deandre Hopkins might be uh, going to the Patriots. There's a bill on the Patriots that Hopkins did not get along with. No, it's not bill Belichick, but bill O'Brien is the for the Patriots. That would be wild. Incredible. Phenomenal. It'd be fun. Hilarious. I would love to see a program made by this of Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins reuniting in, in <laughs> New England. And then Bill Bill Belichick just trying to just thread the needle between those two dudes. That'd be very fun. Now, I don't think he goes to the Patriots because of that reason. But 
when it comes to Mahomes and his legacy, okay, we, we talked about him showing up to OTAs when he doesn't really have to. But yeah. he talked about his contract, right? He understands there's more at play than just making the most money. He makes so much money off the field. He wants to save some money for, for his guys. He mentioned yeah. Jerry Sneed. He mentioned Chris Jones. He miss, mentioned Travis Kelsey. But what I also found fascinating in his interview, he brought up the fact that he's walking a fine line between wanting to be player-friendly, but also understanding the other quarterbacks in the NFL. This is a dude who gets it. He's trying to play both sides. He's doing a phenomenal job doing it. But what he's basically saying is he doesn't want to water down the quarterback market by saying, okay, let's just say, for example, the next quarterback, Justin Herbert, well, we're not paying you as much as Mahomes. Look at this team-friendly deal. You're not even close to making that. You're not close to being Mahomes. So if he stays at that certain number, the quarterback market is going to just plateau. Now, obviously, this offseason, we have not seen that. Look at what Geno Smith is making. Look at what Daniel Jones is making, right? Like, we haven't seen that yet. But in the future, that's the potential issue that Mahomes sees. How grown up, how mature is his viewpoint from Patrick? It's ridiculous. Like, people, they don't understand how smart he is. He sees, hears, digests, and he gets everything. And we, it was really kind of, it's always it's still kind of pressed upon how growing up around professional athletes and his father in a, in a baseball dugout around everybody that he did impacted him and it impacted him more than just the the physical player it impacted him from a mental standpoint he's like okay i see baseball contracts are even back then were astronomical they were huge there was still no salary cap in baseball if i'm not mistaken maybe i want you know more about that than i do so no, they're, they're, uh, but, they have the best players union in the history of ever it's yeah. incredible so he sees all of that growing up maybe not understanding it he understands it now he understood it in college he understood all of that aspect and that side of money so he's playing like you said playing both sides but he's doing it in a way where everybody wants that from him the other quarterbacks he understands not just for all the other quarterbacks for all the other black quarterbacks too this is this is a a different whole different regime in the nfl with the young black athletes and he's really trying to take a step forward for that not just for all quarterbacks for for these guys too who they're all going to be making this generational wealth and he's like look we're going to see jalen hurts who just got paid justin fields is another one as well who might this is going to be a year the the cowboys kind of or not the cowboys excuse me like the uh the chicago bears figure out whether they're going to use with him but it's a, a consistent thing for all of these quarterbacks and these young black athletes to to make their money. So he sees this from a whole different side, and he's always trying to improve upon himself, the team, and the realm for other players like him. It's a completely mature, understood concept that I don't know if everyone was expecting or ready for when Patrick came out. And we're just we're seeing him just be incredible, and not just on the field, off the field. What he's done with his money and his endorsements that he doesn't he's just the most humble guy in the world on top of all of it like he's i don't i don't really understand it's hard to fathom the situation that chiefs fans are all we're all in watching him when the quarterbacks that everybody that has grown up watching you know trent green being the the best in terms of a prolific passer alex smith being that leader and, and now you're seeing patrick Mahomes not just lead leading in, in stats, leading off the field too. It, it's an incredible trajectory, and he is an incredible person being able to do it all at the same time. Uh, I'm, I'm blown away by him. Uh, the only thing I want him to do is, because he's probably the only guy that can actually do this, has the sway, uh, make I-70 three lanes instead <laughs> of two. It's bullshit. Come on. I always say if I ran for president, I would run on one platform. Make I-70 three lanes, okay? I feel like I would get so many votes. I mean, I-70 goes from what? Like somewhere out in California all the way to yes. to Pittsburgh and Philly. Like, come on. Come on, <laughs> I-70. I, I remember I, I-70 when I lived in California. <laughs> I'm telling you, Harms, I would get so many votes. Hey, what's your foreign policy? Doesn't matter. Three lanes, <laughs> I-70. Book it, baby. Like, I'm getting at least 60% of the votes. That's all I'm going to go ahead and say. At least. Uh, 
All right, before I let you get out of here, I want to talk about wide receiver five and six. I think we're probably in agreement. It is going to be MVS, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, and Kadarius Tony. Those four, those guys are safe. Okay, any order you put them in, those four dudes are safe. Now it comes down to Richie James, Justin Watson, Amir Smith-Marset. It comes down to Justin Ross. It comes down to John Ross. comes down to probably some dudes we don't even know about yet. Where do you land on this wide receiver five and six? I'm I'm still pretty Justin Watson proof. Like I think that he's going to make the roster. Him being back, having that connection with Patrick Mahomes, and you know playing last year, all those snaps learned a ton. It makes a lot of impact, and he he does all that already. So I think he's going to be the five. And if I had to if I had to pick right now, if I had to pick right now, I, I do think it's going to be Richie James, just because he's been in the league. And last year, if you watch what he did for that team that really was just kind of iffy on offense in the passing game. He was a reliable player for Daniel Jones, and he offers positional versatility for your special teams too. That's a big thing for that sixth spot. He can play, Gunner, he's going to be mostly going to be a return guy, but that kick return and punt return abilities that he has could lock him in. Now, he might be pushed by Amir Smith-Marset or... Um, Remigio, who's an undrafted free agent, uh, he could also do that. He's a bit of more electric kind of player, small, shifty, really, really fast, things like that. So, But I, I think right now with the safety net that he offers as a receiver, but also from a return standpoint, he's going to be the sixth. Yeah, I, I am. I see Chris Albright asked, what if they carry seven yeah. wide receivers? Um, man, I, I can't get to seven. I know they're not carrying a fullback, but it seems like they might have four tight ends. Absolutely. I, I don't know what your thoughts are here. I, I'm kind of out on seven wide receivers personally. Are you in the same boat, or do you think it's a legit seven wide receiver type of year for Kansas City? I think it very well could be. And the not keeping a tight, uh, uh, excuse me, a, a fullback is what does it. And I, you, you could carry four tight ends. I think they carried four tight ends last year, if I'm not mistaken, and they had uh, six wide receivers and a fullback. So. You could still feasibly do it, depending on how in that third quarterback now is not going to uh, take up a roster spot either. So it's definitely feasible, and I think that that seven spot is going to just come down to which receiver flashes the most if they do keep seven. But if they don't have enough evidence, it's just going to be six like it always is. Yeah, I was about to say, once you get your wide receiver five, six, seven anyways, a lot of times you're talking special teams more than anything else, yeah, right? Sure. So, um, you know, where, where do you get the value of the roster spot? Those three times they're, they're lined up as a receiver or is it going to be used somewhere else? Uh, I see the super chat from New Punk Rants. Thank you. Appreciate the super chat. Uh, says the fact Mahomes isn't even as prime yet is scary. Also calling it now, Justin and John both make it on the roster, replacing Watson That's and spicy. James. Spicy. John Ross, I will, I will say this, looks really damn good in OTA so far. I will say this, it's OTAs. <laughs> uh, he was drafted one pick before Mahomes, like we always know and always talk about that. But he's so explosive. And if you want to use him in the jet sweep role, uh, I think it really comes down to John versus Richie almost to an extent. Uh, because I, I think Kadarius Tony at this point is going to focus almost exclusively on being the best wide receiver one he can, or at least an outside receiver, if you will, right? Yeah. Uh, at some point, the Chiefs had to say, hey, Tyreek, we know you're our best punt returner. You're no longer returning punts. <laughs> no. Like, like, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, you have to say, hey, I know you're our best guy in these gadget situations, but it's not worth it. And I think Absolutely. that's what Richie James, he was brought in to be the gadget guy, the special teamer to an extent, if you will. But if John Ross can do it and he shows more, I think those two guys are fighting out. While Justin uh, Watson – and John, and John uh, Justin Ross might have a little bit more of that fight. Now, Watson provides more special team value. There's no denying that. But I keep saying Justin Watson and MVS, their skill set is very similar. We saw when MVS's snap share went down last year, it was in direct correlation to Justin Watson getting more, uh, getting more uh, chances on the field, right? So I feel like those two guys are a little bit redundant to an extent, although MVS doesn't play special teams. Justin Ross, if he shows out, I think he'll have a chance. I don't know if the Chiefs want to make him open. Again, yeah. that's a long road to recovery still. I'm not saying I'm holding out hope for that, but I'm saying I think that's his best chance. If you're going to see both the Rosses make it, it does come, in my opinion, at the expense of John for Richie and Justin for, for Watson. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I just, I've seen John Ross, we've all seen John Ross play in the NFL, and he's been regulated to a 
practice squad guy for for the, the last couple of seasons. He's just been unable to really do a ton. And you know, injuries take that. Not having a full route tree will do it as well. And not really being a hugely versatile player, uh, it does limit what you can do and as an effective player. Um, Justin, just I I want him to be healthy. If he can get healthy, if he's fully healthy, ready to go, I know he's been practicing and doing routes with Mahomes down in Texas, and we've seen the clips from Sky Moore's uh, video. I, I get all of that. I'm just I'm hoping before I even begin to think he makes the roster that he, he he's healthy he looks good and he's not going to you know further hurt himself in the future it just he does all that he will definitely have a chance to uh, to make the roster yeah I, again i just seeing the number seven at wide receiver makes me uh <laughs> like ooh, why seven again they're not going to see a, a, the field a ton but again if you are that nervous that a dude's going to get stolen if you're that nervous that a guy might get took i guess it works you know i'm a fullback yep. Uh, if you have one guy, again, maybe it's Watson, who's basically a special teamer only. It, maybe it's John Ross, who's a special teamer only. We'll see how the roster is constructed. Again, I, I can't find myself coming to seven. I will also point out a good point in the chat. I don't know who said that, actually, so I apologize. Um, they said Tony has a history of injuries, long history of injuries already in his young career. If you're nervous that he might get injured again, you might want to keep seven just in yeah. case. Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. All right, Harms, before I let you go, any final thoughts? What you're looking forward to? What's going on with you? Can be Chiefs related, can be, uh, I don't know, food related. You're always <laughs> cooking on your Twitter account. I, I am always cooking. I do cooking. everything I can. Legit cooking. <laughs> he, he cooks with his film analysis, uh, but he also actually cooks on his Twitter account. Yeah, I, I, I love to, you know, I love to cook. I just recently, actually today I made some ramen. And yesterday, actually two days ago, I did. You know, but the, the I, kind I you put in the ribs. microwave? No, ain't real, no way, ain't no way my guy Harm just said, man, I love to cook. Just <laughs> made some ramen. Yeah, I know. Some real actual like Asian ramen. So from scratch, by the way. So yeah, I, I love doing all that. And right now, with the Chiefs, I'm looking forward to seeing the steps on defense. I believe this defense can be actually like a, a top 12 defense in the NFL. I fully believe that. Last year, they were a top half of the defense way to DVOA at the end of the season. Way to DVOA, DVOA means that they give more credence to the games that are played at the end of the season. So they were playing at a top half clip towards the end of the season. And they can keep that trajectory going up with all the young players they have. All them, hopefully, all of them take a step. And I want to see how they're going to look when you know Trent McDuffie continues to take steps forward. When maybe you use Nick Bolton less as a coverage linebacker and just let him be a run stop, run a run stopping guy. And you have a couple of Drew Drinkwell and maybe Willie Gay that can be your pass your your pass coverage guys. So um, I'm very excited about what they could be defensively. And I hope they don't take a step back from sacks, you know, finishing second in the NFL with 55 last year. You know, it's hard to go above that. I think personally they can hit over 60 this year with everything that they've they've done. You're adding Felix, you know, you add Charles and Menhue, and you still have another year now with not just everything that they've done defensively with you know Chris Jones being there, but you have every, Joe Collin continuously improving guys like Mike Dana and the back end of that defensive end room. So uh, I'm really excited about the defense this year. And that's something I've not said at all under Patrick Mahomes led offense. So uh, I think that's, that's something that I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this year. Yeah. I remember putting out on Twitter. I think this is going to be the best defense we have seen under Pat, under Patrick Mahomes, or at least in the Patrick Mahomes era. I think I've also probably said that almost every single year since he got here, because <laughs> it, it has progressively gotten better. But I, last year, I think I, I got to look back. I think I may have said they may have finished top 12. <laughs> I think I think I said top 12. I think they barely snuck in the very end of the year to a top 12 defense. So I got to go back and find yeah, the all the Bengals Bowl. fans yeah, so. that, that just ripped into me. So I got to go back and find that just so I can rip into some people again. I keep those receipts. Not really. I, I don't keep them at all because I, I would forget <laughs> and I'm wrong a lot. So I don't want people keeping receipts on me. But Daniel, you're the man. Daniel Harms. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at inharmsway19. Extremely good analysis. Uh, great friend of, of of me personally, of this show, of Sports Radio 810, of everything I do. Uh, Harms has some of the best Chiefs takes out there. Even if we disagree, we do it in a respectful way. We, we, we go get barbecue and we argue at a jack stack and we get up and exactly. maybe, maybe some cheesy corn gets thrown. Uh, some beans maybe, end up where they're not supposed to. I don't know. Things happen. Yeah, it happens. But guess what? We're still friends. 
That's what happens. Absolutely. So make sure you follow Daniel Harms on Twitter. Harms, anything coming up soon on your Twitter account? Anything you're dropping on RGR? What do you have coming up soon? Tomorrow, I will be releasing my Trent McDuffie year in review. Uh, last year, last week was the George Karloftis. The week before that was Sky Moore. This this week, it's Trent McDuffie. What? I think his future holds actually what we're doing, what they did last year at the end of the season that I think might surprise some people with the future at their cornerback position. So Trent McDuffie film review coming over tomorrow on the RGR channel. And, you know, I'm just, I'm working on something big on the defensive side too. Like I'm working on something collectively that will, I don't know when it's going to be dropping because I'm still collecting a lot of stats, but I'm working on that right now too. For Daniel Harms, I am Sterling Holmes. This was the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. We are out.